Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Square One. A podcast where we take our guests back to square one, where they first started their business, so that you can learn from their successes and failures. Brought to you by Isaiah and Malcolm with Omni Home Services. Today, we have the honor of talking with Bree Goodrich with Goodrich Homes. Thank you for being with us today, Bree. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Bree also is the producer of It's Time to Chat podcast. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's Time to Chat podcast, which we're going to talk about. Bree, we're going to just jump straight into it. Bree is a well-established real estate agent here in Chattanooga. The interesting thing about Bree, top producer with KW, and the cool thing about Bree is she had recently hired her husband. <laughs> her husband, Luke, which we uh, love and adore as well, was a NICU nurse. Yeah. And I don't know how you convinced him to come work for you, but let's talk about that. So a lot of people have teams. A lot of people have a spouse in the realm, but not a lot of people like work only with their spouse. And it's cool that you're his boss. So tell us about how he came and worked for you. Yeah, it's a very in-depth story. (laughs) So I guess I'll take it all the way back to we were originally living in the outer Chicagoland area. And he had finished up nursing school right when we were getting married. And so he was night shift ever since the beginning. I mean, before he officially graduated um, to then actually getting his full-time position at the hospital, he was night shift. And so the two years that we lived in Illinois, you know, I was working, of course, during the day. The first year I was wrapping up my grad program. And then the second year was when I first dove into real estate. And so he was night shift. I was during the day and it was a lot for us. You know, we're trying to build a marriage and it got a bit crazy. So we eventually, and I'm sure we'll get into it later on, moved to Chattanooga and we were in the hopes that, you know, he was going to get to days very soon. And we were implied some things that he probably would have to put some time in in the night shift for a good maybe six months and then would be able to come to days. And, you know, those six months came and went. A couple more months came and went. And we hit the point where it was just like, okay, we've been doing this for over three years now. And we got to make a decision on how we can prioritize our marriage a bit better. And, that was kind of what it came down to. And, and real estate was the direction that we decided was going to make the most sense for our family. So you were in real estate. Yes. So it was because of he was on nights and you said, hey, come to work for me. Or was that his suggestion? Yeah, um, I think I did like throw it out there a couple of times, kind of just like, you know, you could you could join me. And when I explain it to people, I always tell them that I converted him to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Because like a a nurse is, is such a high prestige, like such a great career path to go down. And I, I have so much respect for anyone in that field. Um, and I, I did. I asked him to come and work with me. Uh, it was right at the time where I was deciding that I was going to start my own company, Goodrich Homes. So I was in real estate, but I was with a team. And so taking that leap of really starting my own thing was kind of around the same time that he 
came and joined. Um, and what I really recognized was the aspects of being on a team were a lot of administrative roles, a lot of transaction coordinating roles. And those are the roles that are not my strong suit when it comes to real estate as a whole. And I know my husband very well, and I know that that's where he really, really succeeds. So I thought, and still to this day, I have been proven right, that it would be a good move for him to come fill that role so that we could really take Goodrich Homes to the next level. So you guys do a great job. You're very well spoken, by the way. You guys do a great job of putting good stuff out into the world and you're always smiling, happy-go-lucky, and that's great, but I think we all know that that's not always <laughs> the case, right? And a lot of people are going to struggle when they bring their spouse on. There's a reason I don't work with my wife, and she doesn't work with She's like, hey, you're not working for me either. So tell us about a failure that you've learned specifically about working with your spouse that you probably that you've learned from, and maybe that's hey, I've given you too much responsibility or maybe like, you know, I've seen in the past, it's because somebody wasn't clear on saying I'm the boss. And you've made it clear before before we started airing here that like I'm the boss. <laughs> so tell us about a failure in, um, in that experience that you guys had. Before I say that, I do want to mention when I was trying to get my husband to come along with me, I made it very clear to him that I wanted to be partners, want it to be a partnership. No one is the boss. We are the same. We are running Goodrich Homes together. And he looks me dead in the eyes and he's like, nope, you're the boss. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. Well, um, then I can do that. <laughs> So it, it 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 works for us. It really does. But you're right that it's not all sunshine and rainbows, that there are a lot of complications that come along with it. Um, and if you're familiar with the DISC profile, one of the cool things about my brokerage, Keller Williams, is that they have us take that so we can really get to learn our personalities. So we've, of course, both taken it. I am very high D and then very high I. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical realtor. <laughs> he is high S and high C. So we truly are completely inverse of each other and, and really make a good match. Um, so when it comes to business, it's very good. We kind of essentially create a whole person. But what that also means is that every single thing we talk about, every single thing that comes across our desk, everything that happens in any real estate transaction we look at it completely differently. And so it does cause a lot of intense conversations. And we joke that the offices right next to us in Keller Williams probably know all of our dirty secrets because <laughs> they can hear us arguing through the walls. But uh, it, it's beautiful because we get both perspectives and, and that way we can really try to relate to our clients. Um, but at the same time, it does make it very challenging to be able to figure things out together. But if you want to hear like a very specific thing that we failed at. Yes. <laughs> when we first started, we were, you know, pinching pennies. We were like trying to save money in every every way possible. So we're like, okay, it's just us. Why would we have an office at the brokerage that we have to rent and pay for? Let's just have an office at home and work from home. And so that is how we started. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you wake up, roll out of bed and have to take only 20 steps to the place of work within the house that you sleep in, you clean in, you do everything in. Yep. It was uh, really bad. It was really bad for us. We fought all the time. We could not get on any sort of rhythm or routine. He is a high routine human at the high SC coming out. I am a fly by the seat of my pants human that drove him crazy. So it was very chaotic trying to run a business and nurture a marriage all under the same roof. So we made the decision, the investment to get an office at our brokerage. And that has created a really nice separation for us where he has a very routine structure. He goes to the office every day. He's usually there, you know, kind of similar to a nine to five type job. And I am out and about doing all my appointments. And, you know, of course, we still communicate a lot during the day, but it's a separation that lets us be the people that we are at the level we need to be at. <laughs> I just want to take a minute and say thank you, because I, th- I know that somebody listening, including myself, that's a solid takeaway because you're so right on that. I know that I can't like have a home gym because there's beer in the fridge and the dog needs to get let out and I can uh-huh. sweep the floor or whatever. So that, I'm, but when I go to the office that we're in right now, I work. Mm-hmm. So when you're at home, how much work do you guys talk about? We try to limit it. Cool. Um, I will say, because I've been doing this a little bit longer, um, for me, it's a hard separation between work and home. I actually work really well at home. It doesn't bother me. I would rather work in my pajamas all day. You know, like that, I can get as much done there. And honestly, sometimes more done there than when I go to the office because it's a very social office, which is fantastic. But people are in and out of my my, my office all day long. Stop talking to me. Uh huh. I'll tell Luke, I'm like, okay, can you go get my water? Because I don't have 15 minutes right now to stop and talk with whoever is out in the kitchen right now. (laughs) And he's like, sure. So he does a really good job and he tries to help me with that as well. So like when we come home from work, he'll look at me and he'll say, all right, go change into your comfy clothes. So that way you can start to get the mentality that we are at home working on our marriage or just ourselves, you know, and not consumed by what's happening at work still. I love that. Again, that's a solid takeaway, whether it's, you know, at the office at your corporation or uh, a separate office. Like when it's time to get to work, we go to work. Mm -hmm. And honestly, from what I've found in failures of marriages, when people work together, it's because they don't actually carve out the time to be a married couple yeah and they just talk about work and talk about work and they say like hey we don't even really have a romantic life anymore because it's all work and that's just part of it so separating the two where you can be a couple at the house and then work when you're at work that's awesome that's a huge takeaway thank you for that also shout out to luke for saying hey we're not going to be partners (laughs) (laughs) somebody has to be in charge because if somebody's not in charge nobody's in charge (laughs) so speaking of you said routines that luke has routines do you have a favorite routine so when i saw this when i was kind of preparing for this podcast i was um, a bit convicted you could say because routines 
is an area where I definitely struggle. Um, and that's just like full honesty. I am a workaholic. I am a recovering workaholic is how I want to phrase it because I am, <laughs> I am working hard to not be that and to create some sort of routines. So I will say as of recently, I have tried really hard to protect my mornings. And in those mornings, I try to do things that are going to be fueling to my mental health, my personal health, whether that's going to the gym or, you know, um, faith is a big thing for me. So spending time in the Bible or doing different things like that, that are really going to be fueling to me as a person so that I can then show up to work and show up to my marriage and be the best version of me possible for my clients and for my husband. So I've been very intentional with trying to protect my mornings, but it is also very hard in a job that is so spontaneous as real estate. <laughs> Thanks for giving us some more insight into that. So one thing I wrote down on the sheet here, it sounds like, and this is just a reoccurring theme with all realtors, really, when you're doing so many different things, you can be kind of scattered everywhere, right? And to an extent, maybe you have to be. But you said that when you're when you're on it and you're working, like you're really on it. Do you have any productivity tools that you use? Any insight that you could give us into how you're able to stay locked in when it's time to be locked in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, organization has been a huge focal point for my business and especially bringing on Luke, who is going to be kind of the systems and models side of our business. Uh, so we have focused really, really hard on our database. And the brokerage that I work with provides us a CRM that we can use. It's called Command. And so I try to utilize that at a very high level for all follow-up. Mm -hmm. Things will slip through the cracks. Clients are going to slip through the cracks if I don't have a reminder because my brain has a million tabs open at sure. one time. So if I don't set a reminder for myself, whether that's going to be through my CRM or through my phone, I, I set alarms all the time. I actually, before walking in here, checked to make sure I didn't have an alarm going off <laughs> during this for some sort of reminder to do something, mm -hmm. text someone, uh, call someone, whatever. But Lots of reminders, lots of to-do tasks, always on a notepad or my phone have a ongoing to-do list and making sure that the little things don't fall through the cracks because little things is where we make our money. Yeah. Details matter. That's awesome. Uh, so Bray, I'm going to just follow back. So the unique ability that you guys have to work with your spouse is because you are really polar opposites as far as, you know, what to focus on. But is there anything you want to hit us with as far as being the boss to your husband uh, as a spouse before we move on? Because I just don't know how well I would be, <laughs> you know, in Luke's position to say, like, is there anything you can leave us with as far as, like, what to do or what not to do? Because work is work and home life is home life, but... I don't know how well I would do just being told like what to do every day. Or maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> well, Malcolm, you're probably a bit more like me. <laughs> and I agree. I probably wouldn't respond very well if the roles were flipped. And I think that that is the beauty of it. I feel so beyond lucky to have married somebody who is so selfless and is so committed to the happiness 
and the future of our family. And so he understands the role that he fits best and he is excited about thriving in that role. And it's not threatening to him that the checks come in with my name on it because he knows that he has played a massive role in the receiving of that check. And so I truly think that it's I I feel honored that I get to be married to somebody like that for sure. Um, And then I do want to carry the role that I feel lucky to have uh, with a a lot of grace and a lot of respect. Um, And so I fail at it, but I do try very hard to make him know how important he is. And the encouragement side goes a long way. So it's done with a lot of intentionality, I think on both, both ends, but recognizing where we thrive, where we are best suited, and then being able to support each other's role in that. So what you're saying, what I'm hearing is because you've taken the DISC assessment, it allows you to work best together. But I think what I'm hearing is before you get married, you should probably take a DISC assessment. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, Bree, let's dive in. Um, one of the questions we have is what's a positive ROI that you can give our customers? And I want to focus on your podcast it's very unique and it's very cool it's called it's time to chat check it out uh brie and luke talk about each specific area of town and they go over cool stuff like where to eat school zones what the typical price point all that kind of stuff is could you tell us about the podcast and about the i mean are you seeing results from it Yeah, absolutely. So the reason the podcast really got started was because Luke's aunt and uncle and their three children were moving here from Illinois. And they kind of made an offhanded comment to us about, oh, we're thinking we like Chattanooga, but it just feels really overwhelming because there's so much going on. We've tried to look at podcasts of people who talk about Chattanooga and there's just not much out there. And Luke and I looked at each other and we're like, huh, Maybe that is an area that we can kind of fill, a void that we can step into and really produce some level of value for people who are moving here. We moved here. We understand that the process can be very overwhelming. And so we're trying to kind of be helpful in explaining what those areas are and such. And so it has been really good. (laughs) I will say we've learned things along the way. Um, One would be record your episodes in advance because life gets really busy and (laughs) it's hard to stay consistent with them. So that's something that in 2024 we're really working on is consistency with that. um, And then once we finish up this first series, we will definitely be taking a pause and then kind of pre-record the whole next series so that we can really be consistent with how we drop the episodes. But Overall, it's been really good in terms of branding, which is an area of focus that we have been very intentional with, with our business. And so that's broader scope. You know, we have our social media in there. We have the way that we market our properties and just ourselves. And then the podcast falls into that category as well. And so really focusing on branding who we are. We're new to the area. So we are having to really teach people who we are and what kind of business we run. And so I would say the podcast has been awesome for that. It's 
been able to show our personalities a little bit, um, be able to highlight the things in Chattanooga and around Chattanooga that we love and we participate in. And I will say we have closed a client directly from the podcast said that they they reached out to us because they listened to our podcast and wanted to work with us. So that was great. That is awesome. I'm sure that one will turn into many, many, many in the future. So the cool thing about your podcast is you teach people about the area Mm -hmm. because actually I'm just writing down some of your episodes and there is a lot of difference between like Harrison and Ottawa, North Shore Hicks and Saudi Daisy. (laughs) Like, I guess I never really thought of it, but there is a huge difference, especially with school zones and everything. But you guys are new to the area, so how do you go do you go and like spend days, nights, evenings? Like how do you learn about the area? That's a great question. Um a lot of it really has come from what I've been forced to learn to try to provide value for my clients already. So a lot of it is a base knowledge. I'm obviously driving around like all day long, it feels like. And so just being really perceptive of what I'm seeing and what I'm driving by is something that I was doing before ever doing the podcast because I had to learn the area. If I was going to be an educated agent for people, I had to know the areas that they were thinking about moving to or be able to point them in the right direction of where they should move to based on the criteria that they give me. But I will say that we do spend on average, I'd say an hour to two hours really prepping the material for each podcast, which has been fantastic for us because it's even forcing us to get gain a deeper knowledge on these areas so that we can provide better um, education for clients as well. So definitely that. And I will say a big reason why we are doing the podcast is because I have found that with out-of-town clients, which we do service a lot of relocation, a lot of people are asking me the same questions about the same areas. And I am repeating myself, which is fine. But if I could have a tool of resources where I could guide them to and say, hey, give me your criteria. Okay, you're looking for a little bit more of the suburbs of Chattanooga. You don't want to be right downtown, but you want to be within that half hour range. Okay, I have a couple podcasts that I think you should listen to. Give Udawa a listen. Give Harrison a listen. Give Hickson a listen. Let me know which really resonates with you. And so it's a tool to be able to, one, kind of show my credentials to my clients, but then also be able to learn from them what they really feel like fits the lifestyle they're looking for. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm only laughing because our personalities are similar. I'm thinking like, yeah, I don't have to repeat myself. <laughs> here, here, here you go. <laughs> it's efficiency. You're going to learn more when you listen to this podcast because I may not have 35 minutes uh-huh. to you know, explain it to you. Bree, we've talked a lot about the dynamic between you and your husband, Luke, but I want to switch gears just for one second and... As since you began your real estate journey in Chicago, what have you learned personally about yourself and maybe just how you've developed a little bit as a person since then? I feel like I could spend hours talking about that alone. Um, I think that the industry, the real estate industry, forces you to really examine yourself. Um, When I first started, it was brand new to me. It was not the career that I 
thought I was going to go down. And one of the failures, if, if I can throw that in, since I know that's kind of a theme throughout here, I, I truly entered into this career through a failure. So I played division one volleyball. After that, I went and got my master's in sports psychology. The sports world was my plan. It's it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a psychologist that works specifically with high level elite athletes. And so my plan after my master's program was to go and get my doctorate. Um, and I did not get into the schools. And I looked at Luke. We were a year into marriage. And I, I was like, I don't, I don't know what comes next because that was my plan. And I had a family member who was running a real estate team in, in the area we were living in, in Illinois at the time. And she had asked me if, if I had ever thought about it or if I would think about joining her team. And my dad was a custom home builder in the Chicagoland area. So it was, it felt not by no means did I know what I was doing, but it felt not all that scary, I guess you could say. And so I thought, okay, let's, let's try it. So I truly fell into the field by failing. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and that first year it was 2020. So it was right when COVID kind of began and the real estate market took off. I did roughly 50 transactions that first year and completely burned out. Like mm. I was ready to walk away from the entire industry. Um, I was so tired. I had no capacity to be a wife, a daughter, <laughs> a sister, a friend. Like I had nothing left in my tank. And Luke and I, that was when we were moving here. And so Luke and I were like, okay, we're, we need to get you back in check. Like we need you to be okay again um, and to be a, a real human, not just kind of like a shell of a human. And so that was really our focus when moving here. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to walk the tightrope between two questions that we usually ask and ask just if you had a piece of advice for a younger or older real estate agent that's just getting started in the industry uh, given your experience that you've had, what would you tell someone to help themselves either from an ROI standpoint or even from a personal standpoint, just to be able to not burn out? Yeah. There is a message that the real estate industry and quite possibly you guys would fall into that too, I'm sure actually, um, of the word hustle. You got to keep hustling. You got to answer that phone whenever it rings. You got to work all day to be able to make it. And I think that there's a very fine line with that because losing yourself or killing yourself to be able to reach success isn't the goal. At least it's not for me. I want to be able to have a life where I feel fulfilled, where I get to be present with the people that I love and there's boundaries that need to be created in our industries that don't have a set time frame. Um, that it's important to implement them at the beginning because trust me, it gets so much harder the longer you're in it. <laughs> it should get harder. I mean, that's the that's how hustle happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Um, I just kind of, you know, you took me down an emotional level here, but I think just because we're talking about real estate and KW, it's a special time to give a shout out to 
our boy Mark Height and his team. Uh, we've recently learned about the passing of him, and he was very philanthropical and, you know, uh, was a great leader. So shout out to him and all his team. You'll be missed for sure. Um, Bree, I love the fact that you talked about the failure of not getting into schools uh, that you wanted to. I mean, how do you feel now about that? Oh, my goodness. It was the biggest blessing. Okay. It's one of those moments where God knew what he was doing. I didn't. <laughs> and I was unhappy with what was happening at the moment. But for sure, looking back, I mean, I wouldn't have moved to Tennessee. I wouldn't be here today, for sure. I'd still be in school. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Very grateful that that door was closed and, and a different one opened. So I do want to say the uh, you talked about Chicago pandemic 2020. We drove through there. It was eerie driving through Chicago and the pandemic. Yeah, scary for sure. It was beautiful to see so many people like on the um, on the lake there running and stuff like that. But like there were no cars, nobody in restaurants. It was just like whoa. It's the the way I like Chicago. Anyways, um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> So you talked our, uh, a little bit earlier before we started uh, airing is growth with your team. I think, uh, you know, at Chattanooga Home Inspector, we like working with you and Luke. And I think it's a disservice if you don't grow your team, to be honest. So um, what and you said we're going to grow. It's very specific on a number. Can you share uh, anything with us about goals and goal setting? Absolutely. We are very, very cautious with the way that we run our business. Um, we are very structured when it comes to our economic model and and what money's coming in, what money's coming out. The end of the day, gross doesn't matter. Uh, it's what you're keeping in your pocket. So we are fine tooth comb every month looking at what our expenses are and what we're making and making decisions based off of that. And so um, we run right now a a business of we're about 76% profitable. So our profitability is very high when it comes to the industry. One of the reasons for that, of course, is that I do not have to pay a salary for the role that Luke fills. So that's <laughs> that's a nice little bonus there. Um, but we are very, very cautious with where our expenses go and such. So we were able to hit our GCI goal for this current year, which was 300000 And... I was blown away. I thought the goal was lofty, to be honest with you. And so very thankful that we were able to hit that. But we do feel very strongly that until we have a GCI of 500,000 um, and closing closer to that 60 units, that is the point where we really feel like we'll be able to hire on. But... I will say that we have leveraged in a different way to now Luke has his real estate license. So for all of 2023, I was the only licensed agent with Goodrich Homes. Luke is now licensed, which doesn't mean that he is moving into a full-time agent role. He is still very much going to be sitting in his sweet spot of administration, transaction coordination stuff. But we ha now have the capability for him to fill in when need be to capitalize on like the lead flow that's coming in. Cool. Uh, I love that you guys have a goal. I think we can say with certainty that the industry is going to benefit when you lead a team. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. 
One question that we love to ask on this podcast is any book recommendation. And being in real estate, I'm excited to hear what you've got for us on that. Well, another question that I felt really convicted <laughs> on when I saw it on the sheet. Yeah. I want to be a reader in the deepest part of my soul. I want to be a reader. I am not. But I have read books. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will say that, and I know this is probably going to be the most basic answer out there. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. I will say it was the most impactful book for me. And there's a story behind that. And so right when we were, well, my husband read the book first. And so when he was reading oh, the book. Oh, he just shared the cliff notes with you. You didn't <laughs> no, actually read it. I did. I did. I promise. I read the whole thing. Um, but he read it and he looked at me and he's like, why on earth are we living in Illinois? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we're thriving. I just finished my year in real estate did a ton of transactions. It was like, you know, nothing can be better than this. State income tax. Well, yes, taxes. Uh, yeah, state income tax, property taxes. We owned, at that point, we owned a $300,000 house in Illinois, and our property taxes were $9,000. Oh, and God. we were in the good county. <laughs> the amount of tolls that I had to pay every day just trying to get to different houses to show them. I mean, it was... Every facet of our life, there was money getting taken from us due to the state that we were living in. So we decided, okay, we don't have roots here yet. We don't have children yet. Let's let's go while we still can. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so so we made the move here. Um, and I would say that the the true reason we started looking at different areas outside of Illinois was because of Rich Dad Poor Dad. So I'm sorry for the basic answer, but it did truly greatly impact our life. Yeah. Awesome. I don't think that's basic at all. No. Uh, Bree, is there anything you, else you'd like to share with us before we wrap up? Speaking to the theme of failure, and I want to be very cautious with how I speak about this next topic in correlation to that word, because the topic itself by no means is the word failure, but the emotions that have come from the topic definitely had me feeling as though I was failing in different aspects of my life. So after my first year here in Chattanooga, I decided that I was going to branch off and start my own team. Instead of working for a, a different real estate team, still under Keller Williams, I wanted to create my own team. That was the time that Luke was coming to work with me. And at that same moment was when we had found out that we were pregnant. And I was so excited, of course, but also very worried. You know, I'm starting my own thing, but I knew that I wanted to have a stable business prior to that baby being born. So I had the motivation to say, okay, now's the time to leave my team. I'm going to go start my own team. I now have my husband by my side. This is going to be awesome. So the same week that I ended up telling my team bosses that I was going to be leaving their team and starting my own thing was the same week that I miscarried the baby. And so for that was like summer of 22. And so I was starting my own business. I 
had just miscarried a baby and was dealing with a lot of emotions that felt very out of my control at the time. And I had my husband who left his career to come work with me and needed my guidance and my leadership on how essentially to work in the field of real estate. And the amount of pressure that I felt I was under was uh, large. <laughs> and I, I struggled really, really hard. I would say for the, those next six months, I definitely was not myself. I was a shell of a human being. It was very hard for me to even get out of bed, let alone start a company. <laughs> so I really, really, really struggled. Um, and I felt feelings of failure in that moment. Um, and I want to be clear that anyone who has a miscarriage, it's you did not fail. I did not fail having a miscarriage, but I felt that I was failing in running a business. I felt that I was failing in being a good wife. Um, and I felt like I was failing in even just my personal relationships with friends and family. And so I really struggled to overcome those feelings of failure. And although at the beginning of 2023, things really took a turn for us in the positive. My emotions kind of started getting better in check. I felt like I was gaining some of my motivation back and things like that. Um, I definitely still dealt with that imposter syndrome, which I have to this day, for sure, dealing just with those different failures, feelings of failure, uh, kind of at the initial start of my, my business. Bree, thank you for uh, giving some insight into your personal life on that note. You know, it's interesting. The last episode that we did, gentlemen commented on the fact that like everyone looks at entrepreneurship as just being like the best thing ever, you know, <laughs> after you've made it. But people aren't willing a lot of the time to talk about the rough road that it can be mm -hmm. on that path of entrepreneurship. And thank you for giving us some insight into what your journey has looked like in that way. And, you know, just how those things have affected you. So we appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, kudos to you, truly. Uh, you know, miscarriages happen more often than most people want to talk about. Mm, so absolutely. Kudos to anybody. out. Kudos to women, period. I mean, that's <laughs> that's true. That's not an easy thing to work through. And the fact that you can and did and, and a lot of other uh, women have worked through that, too. Um, that's like the toughest thing in the world to work through. You know, if entrepreneurialism, that's a cakewalk compared to what you went through. <laughs> So kudos to you for working through that well, thank and, you. and anybody else that has uh, had to experience that. So we're going to wrap up on a professional level and it's going back to square one. If you could go back to whether it's new in Chattanooga or it's uh, in Chicagoland, if you could go back to square one and talk to Bree herself, what would you tell yourself to propel you forward? Oh, that is such a good question. I would tell myself to be patient, to trust the process, and to prioritize the things in life that really matter most, which is always going to be God and family. 
Simple. There it is. <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Well, thank you very much for coming on our podcast. We wish you all the luck and success and uh, however God may lay out your future. Thank you very much. Thank I you appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Square One Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Omni Home Services, where we rep Chattanooga Home Inspector, Nuclear Pest Control, Elevate Home Staging and Design, and Radon Eraser. We release a new episode each week, so be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode.